Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Welcome back to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and in this podcast, I will be having a conversation with Pastor Christian concerning the first message of a new series entitled My Dysfunctional Family learning to love difficult people. Pastor Christian, this week you started at the end of the story of the life of a man named Joseph, a familiar story from the Old Testament. Why, why did you start at the end? What, tell, tell us why you did that. I started at the end because I'm trying to help our people get to the statement. And the statement is this, look, you probably intended bad. God used it for good. We're going to be okay. I want our people to start at the end of the story so they can see, listen, even if you're dealing with the most dysfunctional people that had the most diabolical of plans for you, it can like it can still be okay, right? I mean, no story is worse than Joseph's, but it ends good. In Genesis chapter 50, we see the exact we actually see the exact opposite of what every American family is is trying to do. We see a very ugly picture of a happy family. Uh, what we what we're trying to produce, honestly, are happy pictures of ugly families, right? Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that's what that's what we want to present. Yeah, um, our family picture, our Christmas card, the thing that goes on the the mantle, yeah. uh, our social media. We're posting happy pictures of ugly people, um, and here's what I mean by ugly people. You know, not physically ugly, but relationships that aren't healthy, um, friendships that aren't strong, people who are living in tension. It's like let's hide all the ugliness and Photoshop this sucker and look as pretty as we can. Genesis 50 is the exact opposite. It's a very ugly, honest picture of people who are learning to live together and be happy. So it's it's where we want to get. So I thought, let's start at the end, present the bullseye, and then work our way back and teach people how to hit it. And and so we learned three things that we must be willing to do in order to learn to love difficult people. The first is this, to be willing to trust that God can use all things for good. Um, there may be someone listening right now to this podcast who is going through a very difficult situation with someone close to them. H- how can they begin to trust their past to God and know that God will use their circumstances now to strength- strengthen their future? Yeah, so it's really hard. You know, there are easy there are messages that you preach that have pretty easy action steps. Go read your Bible, uh, go say a prayer, listen to worship music for seven days. Like there are there are some messages that have very easy principles to apply, and then there are messages like this that have very simple principles to learn. But these things take a lifetime to try to put into practice. Uh, and it's it's hard to be willing to trust that God can use all things for good when things aren't good. So how can we begin to trust God with our past? Well, one thing you do, if you want to trust God with your past, you're going to have to first trust that God didn't cause it, right? You're going to have to trust that God didn't cause the pain. You're going to have to trust that God wouldn't wanted you to have gone through the pain. God will use it but if, you, if you're ever going to get to a place where you trust the goodness of God in the heart of God, you're going to have to look at all the brokenness that surrounds you and has impacted you, and you're going to have to get to a point where you say, you know what, as I understand the character and nature of God, th- this wasn't his fault, right? This wasn't, this wasn't what he wanted. When he created the heavens and the earth and he put perfect humanity in a perfect environment, 
and said, try to keep it perfect. Like God's plan was much bigger, much better, um, had much more good for me. So to really get to the point where you can trust God in bad things, you have to trust that it wasn't him who did it, right? Like you got to you gotta point the finger in a, in a different direction. So you have to trust that God didn't cause it, or at least be willing to to open up to a mentality that, as I understand God in Scripture, as I understand who Jesus is, doesn't seem to be in his nature to inflict this much harm on someone. Now, we have free will. We talked about free will in the message. Uh, God allows people freedom to, to choose to do things even that hurt other people. So sometimes that happens. Uh, but we, we've got to trust that God didn't cause those things because he's not a big, bad, mean God. But then we have to trust that God can use it. You say, well, how could God use pain the same way he used five loaves and two fish supernaturally, right? Like we, we have no human answer for, well, how's God going to use that? We try to make them up and we sound extremely shallow spiritually when we try to tell people how God's going to use their pain. The reality is they just have to give it to him and watch. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to use it. Just like that kid when he handed Jesus five loaves and two fish, he wasn't sure what he was going to do with it. He just knew he could trust Jesus with his stuff. He's like, I'm going to give you my stuff. I guess you can do whatever you want with it. When we hand G- when we hand Jesus our past, we just have to trust that he's going to use it to strengthen us. I don't know how that will be. I can I can show how that has been used in the lives of others. We did that in our message. We talked about a funeral this week of somebody who died of from complications from colon cancer. And a businessman who reached out and said, I heard about this man who died of colon cancer. My father died of colon cancer. I want to help in some way. That's someone who's handed their past to God. Um, He didn't say, I heard this person died of colon cancer. It reminded me that my dad did, and it just drove me further away from God. No, he said, "I've, I've learned how to make it through, and now I want to use my past experience to help somebody else make it through. You and I just came from that funeral that I was talking about. I was standing up front with a mom in our church and her young son who just lost her husband. And I heard two different adults walk up to the mother and say, I lost my parents, one of my parents, when I was your son's age. If I can help, let me know. I God God didn't take that little boy's dad so in 30 years he could go to a funeral and help a little boy, but he might use it that way. So we don't, I mean, we don't know unless we give it to God and then we just watch how God puts things in our orbit that we can help with. So the first was to be willing to trust that God can use all things for good. Uh, The second thing that we must be willing to do is to be willing to mourn and forgive the past. Uh, Pastor Christian, can you remind us again why it's so important to mourn the hurt in our lives, but also tell us how we can move forward from mourning the hurt so that we can continue to heal. Yeah, well, first, we've got to be able to admit when something is wrong, when yeah, something is broken, That's true. when something hurts, uh, while still trying to forgive and trying to love people. It's okay to call wrong things wrong. It's okay to call broken actions broken and and still love people. A lot of people think, well, if I'm going to forgive you, I'll just act like it never happened. If I'm going to forgive you, it's because I don't think it was that bad. No, wrong is wrong. Broken is broken. Brutal is brutal. Abuse is abuse. So you've got to be willing. You you really can't mourn something unless you admit that was really, really bad. But if you can begin to mourn, you can begin to move through something. And if you can move through something, you won't stay and repeat it your entire life. So how do we move forward from mourning 
the hurt so we can continue to heal? Well, I would say this. Um, vulnerability is the way to become victorious in pain. Vulnerability is the way to become victorious in pain. You say, what does that mean? You have to say it hurts. You have to say it hurts. right? We looked at a man in Joseph. I'd never realized it until I preached this message on the life of Joseph. Every time he interacted with his family after they had sold him into slavery, every time he interacted with his family, he cried. Every time. And I said in the message, you know, man, he, he cries a lot. Well, he got hurt a lot, right? He cries a lot because he got hurt a lot. But, but it takes vulnerability to say that. Why are you still crying? Because I don't think the pain will ever go away. So it takes vulnerability to admit and to mourn and to say this really, really hurts. But the only people who are really going to get fixed up and, and made better are people who walk into hospital and say something hurts. If you don't address the pain, if you're not vulnerable enough to say something hurts, you probably won't get a little help. But if you'll be vulnerable, you can become victorious through your pain. And how do we continue to heal? It's interesting. We heal the exact same way that we take things off spiritually. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about this on the podcast, right? There's right. four A's. We said, you know, how do you take something off spiritually? You acknowledge there's something in you that won't be there in heaven. You admit it to someone that you trust. You assess what needs to change, and then you get accountability. It's the exact same thing in pain. You acknowledge, I'm hurting. This has left a deep hole in my life. It may hurt the rest of my life. You acknowledge it. And then you admit to someone, I'm struggling to move forward from this pain, but I want to. And then you assess, what do I need? Do I need a counselor? Um, do I need a friend? Um, do, I, do I need to take a trip and get some rest? What do I need? I assess what I need, and then I get accountability for someone to walk with me in life while I begin to heal a little bit. And here's the reality. You might, because of the pain inflicted on you, always walk with a limp. But the Israelites were reminded of God's faithfulness through the limp of Jacob, because they, they were reminded that Jacob, in all of his failures, still had the blessing of God when he clung tightly to him. So sometimes walking with a limp actually reminds you of how strong God is, not how weak you are. So there were two parts of that. We need to be willing to mourn, and then the second is we got to be willing to forgive the past. Let's talk about forgiveness for just a moment, because uh, I feel like sometimes we think that this is optional when, we, when we've been hurt. Uh, forgiveness isn't easy, but it's necessary if we desire to heal from our past. What are some practical tools you have used, Pastor Christian, in your life to begin to forgive individuals who have hurt you? Well, first is just the fact that forgiveness is a choice, not an emotion. Right? I mean, you said sometimes we feel like forgiveness is optional. Certainly feeling forgiveness is optional. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But forgiveness is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's it's a choice. So the practical tools you've used are you, you forgive. Why? Because you've been forgiven. So you begin to ask yourself questions like this. Listen, I, I look at this person who's let me down. Have I let Jesus down more than they let me down? The answer to anyone in my life who's ever let me down is yes. I have let Jesus down more than any person has ever let me down. Did he forgive me? Yes. Jesus says, forgive the way I forgive you. I ask questions like this. Have I let Jesus down more often? then this person keeps letting me down. The answer to that question is always yes. I let Jesus down way more often than anyone lets me down. Does he forgive me every time? Yes. Jesus says, forgive like I forgive. I ask this, would Jesus forgive me if I did this to him? Meaning, I look at somebody's action against me, and I think, okay, if I did that to Jesus, 
would he forgive me if I ask him? The answer is yes. So we celebrate the forgiveness of Jesus by offering forgiveness to others. That's just the way it works. So those are three really good practical questions. You say, I'm really struggling with something somebody did to me. Okay, stop right now. If you did that same thing to Jesus, and then you ask him to forgive you, would he? The answer is always yes. So you're going to have to figure out if you will accept forgiveness but not give it. Like we said of Joseph, do you think you're God? I mean, you're willing to accept forgiveness that you won't give? So is your, is your judgment harsher than God's? Is it better than God? So those are some practical things to think about. And then I've learned to do these little things. Write a letter that you never planned to send. I've written emails forgiving people and then deleted them. But man, it felt good to write them. I just knew the person I was writing it to could care less. They weren't sorry. They didn't think they needed forgiveness, but I needed to be able to say it. So write a letter that you never intend to send. Just make sure you destroy it when you're done if you don't right. want it to accidentally right. get sent. Um, have a conversation. Andy Stanley says have a conversation with a chair. Uh, he literally says if you need to have a conversation with someone who you don't trust, who's not safe to have a conversation with, who will not accept your forgiveness, write their name on a piece of paper, tape it to a chair, and sit down and tell the chair what you would tell them. Get it off your chest. And then if those two things go well, and you don't feel absolutely insane, um, <laughs> you can actually write a letter that you do send. Just make it gracious. Um, make it make people learn that, listen, I'm forgiving you because I've done so much worse to others, specifically Jesus, and he's forgiven me. So I want to I wanna offer you the forgiveness that I have felt or have a conversation with a real person. Those, those are some practical steps. Um, and then remember, forgiveness is, if you're struggling to have the conversation, but you want to choose to forgive, forgiveness in New Testament, one of the translations of the word forgiveness is to treat people as if it never happened. So you say, you know what, I just, every time I see them, I'm going to treat them as if that did not happen. I'm still going to protect myself. I'm not going to let it happen again. But if I have any, any interactions with them, I'm going to treat them as if it never happened. I, I wrote them a letter that I never sent. I actually told a piece of paper on a on a chair with their name on it that I forgave them. And then anytime I was around them, I just treated them as if it never happened. Now, I'll never get in a one-on-one -on -one situation again and let them abuse me like that, let them hurt me like that, let them drag me through the mud like that. But when I'm with them, I'm going to act like it's never happened, and my heart is going to be free of, of what they did. So one of my favorite lines in the message on Sunday was, Jesus might be in your heart, but Grandpa is in your bones, meaning that most of the dysfunction that's in our life was given to us by somebody else. Definitely passed down, yep. Yes. So if we're, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll pass that dysfunction down to somebody else. Already well. are, yep, if yeah. we have kids. Good luck. Yeah, right. <laughs> so how can we break that cycle? How can we begin to break that cycle of dysfunction in our lives? Yes, I'm going to give you three S's, okay? See it, say it, suspend it. Right? If you get some, if you get some dysfunction in your life, you get, like you got to see it. You got to look at it. You got to own up to it. Um, and you might actually, you might see it in your parents or grandparents first and then recognize it in yourself. But if you've got some dysfunction, you got to see it. And when you see it, you got to say it. Saying it may do nothing for you, but it might help your kids. If you say it often, listen, let me tell you, let me tell you how we react to things. We do it this way. And it's always wrong. I know you're only seven, but if you will start now, right? Like trying, I know you're 16, but if you can change this before you go to college, I know you're 21, but if you can change this before you get married, say it. This is how we do things. It's in our DNA. 
It's in our bones, right? I'll say this in next week's message. The word family, when used in the Old Testament, always represented three to four generations. That's what a family was, three to four generations. So just tell your kids, say it. There's some things that grandpa did. There's some great grandma. Listen, there's some there's some deep, dark stuff ingrained in us and how we process stuff. Say it. Try to change it for the next generation. If you're my age, 40, you might be able to put a Band-Aid on it, but maybe you can eradicate it from your kids. See it, say it, and then suspend it, which means that as best as you can, just try to stop. Just, you know, just, just try to press pause. Go as many hours as you can without it. Go as many days as you can without it. Go as many weeks as you can. Just try to suspend it as long as you can. What's a suspension bridge? It hangs between two points. So from the last time you acted on your negative dysfunction to the next time you act on your negative dysfunction, try to make the bridge as long as you possibly can. See it. Say it to the next generation. Suspend it in your own life. If I'm not going to do it in heaven, I don't want to do it here. Um, And then work really, really hard. I want to say this, too. This series is going to bring up a lot of stuff. This is the series that you may finally say, I need to go talk to a counselor. And if that's the case, you need to email us at activateattakethejourney.cc. Let us give you a list of our recommended counselors, all different price points, all different places in the city. This might be the the first time you finally admit and acknowledge, uh, I'm hurt. It might be finally time for you to mourn. It might be time for you to forgive what seems impossible to forgive. That's not going to happen by saying a prayer and raising your hand in church. You probably need some help. So this might be some time for a counselor. If you need a counselor, email us at activate at takethejourney.cc. We'll get you a list of all the counselors you can see through our church, uh, and you can really begin your journey to health, because if you'll do that, it will change your family. And remember, that might mean the next three to four generations that come from you. So this series is already off to a great start. Pastor Christian, can you give us just a quick uh, sneak peek of what's coming up in the next couple weeks? Yeah, so we're going to continue looking at the life of Joseph. Next week, we're going to look at the trouble that occurs when you don't know your role and of the peace that occurs when you do know your role. The week after that, on Mother's Day, Danielle and I are going to be speaking together at our campus, which means we'll draw the biggest crowd because people like to hear her more than they hear me. We'll do the podcast together. She and I will be on here answering questions with you on that Mother's Day week. And then once we get into the 20th, we're going to talk about communication, communicating in advance of conflict, communicating during conflict. And then we're going to talk about how to find spiritual family, right? If your nuclear family is not your spiritual family, you need one. So we're going to talk about how to find spiritual family in your life um, so that you can learn to love difficult people and you can learn maybe how to be a less difficult person so that others can love you too. Pastor Christian, thank you very much, and we hope that our conversation today has been helpful to you as you begin to address the dysfunction in your life and to love difficult people. We'll catch you next week on the Activate Podcast where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.